Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The latest from 7 News with Angela Cox. Good evening and welcome to the latest on housing affordability. The Reserve Bank board members are preparing for what will likely be their first interest rate rise in more than a decade. Australia's official cash rate is still sitting at its record low of 0.1%. The central bank hasn't raised rates since November 2010. But with the inflation rate at 5.1%, experts say the RBA has to act. For more, I'm joined by economist Stephen Kakoulis in Canberra. Thanks for joining us, Stephen. You've been expecting an interest rate hike for some time. Do you think a rise tomorrow is a certainty? Look, I think it is a certainty. Last week we saw the inflation numbers confirming that inflation at 5.1% is the highest in 20 years. We know that the Reserve Bank has a target for inflation of between 2 and 3%, so clearly inflation's way above target. And we've got to remember that the starting point is an official interest rate of 0.1%, so rates are incredibly low, so I think they need to start the process of moving rates a little bit higher to make sure that inflation can come back under control. So how much of a hike are you expecting? Look, at this stage, I think uh, only 0.15%, so it's not a huge increase. So uh, I think the RBA wants to tread softly. They don't want to be using sort of like a sledgehammer of really big rate increases at this stage of the cycle. So they'll probably go just the 0.15 and probably signal to the markets in the statement that they will put out that there are more rate hikes to come in the months ahead. So that's the key bit. How high do you think the rates will get? Look, uh, I look at the money market futures uh, for my sins and they're actually signalling that the uh, expectation is that we see three percentage points of interest rate hikes between now and the end of 2023. So going back to where the interest rate settings were roughly seven or eight years ago. So uh, three percentage points, it would be wise to have a look at your mortgage, put in an interest rate that's say two and a half to three percent higher than you're currently paying. That'd be a prudent thing to do. So a lot of homeowners would never have experienced a rate rise before. Do you think that Australians will cope with these new mortgage costs? Look, I, I think Australians are very well placed. We've got to remember that the Reserve Bank isn't doing this uh, because the economy is weak. In fact, on the contrary, as we keep hearing in the election campaign, the unemployment rate's at 4%. In the next few months, it's probably going to drop below 4%, which will be the lowest since 1974. So in a sense, the economy is doing really well. That means the household sector is in a good shape because their wealth is quite high, because the stock market, and in fact, house prices are strong, so that actually feeds into their uh, household wealth. We've got an improvement in the labour market. So while there will be a few borrowers who are clearly going to be feeling the pain with each of these interest rate hikes as they come through in the months ahead, I think on balance, most Australians are probably going to cope reasonably well. It's just when we get to the end of the rate hiking cycle uh, later this year or into 2023 that we might see some more concerns building. 
So while empl uh, employment may, may be in a good spot, um, wages aren't going up, the cost of living is going up, and even if you've got equity in your home, it doesn't really mean a lot if you don't have cash to pay the bills. Um, surely uh, there are going to be quite a few people who are mortgaged up to the eyeballs who will find this uncomfortable. We're talking about you know, more, paying sort of $500 to $1,000 more a month in mortgages. Look, that's a really, really good point. Yes, the cost of living pressures have been building, and it's not just in the last six months. It's been over many years that we've had really weak wages growth here in Australia, that we've not had that ability for firms to increase the pay level for a lot of workers. And, of course, that's been one reason why a lot of uh, consumer sentiment's quite, quite weak at the moment, that consumers are feeling a bit of a pinch. But I think it's also fair to say that the wage side of the economy will slowly start to recover as that unemployment rate gets below 4% and hopefully stays there. And uh, it's only really the borrowers who have taken out these great big mortgages in the last year or two who are going to be feeling a lot of pressure. If you took out a mortgage three or five years ago, sure, your repayments are going to increase, but you've probably got a pretty good buffer because your house has probably gone up 30 or 40% in value, and that's a good thing. Um, often the banks won't pass on a full interest rate cut when they happen. So do you think that they will actually increase rates higher than the Reserve Bank's target? Look, at this stage, the banks are probably going to pass on what the Reserve Bank delivers. That The banks are in clearly a very profitable position right now. They don't need to hike rates more than the bank is uh, going to be delivering. So, to me, that suggests that whatever the Reserve Bank do, our banks will pass that on to us and no more because they don't need to. Profitability is good. As we mentioned, the economy is doing pretty well. They're making lots of money, so they don't need to, if you like, gouge even more money from us. Do you think the Reserve Bank has left an interest rate rise too late? Oh, on balance, I think they have. Uh, my criticism of the bank would be that earlier on we had clear evidence that inflation was lifting and we only had to look around the world. In the US, New Zealand, Canada, the UK, South Korea even, they'd been hiking interest rates for quite a few months now and they're already well ahead. They've already got interest rates up by around about one, one and a half percent and we're obviously just starting tomorrow, probably. So I think the, the RBA could have taken a bit of a lead from what's happening in the world economy, started this process of tweaking interest rates a little bit higher, and that would mean the pain further down the track would be a little less. The later they wait, the more they have to do. So we've got soaring cost of living and now interest rate rises. Uh, this doesn't look great for the Prime Minister in the middle of an election campaign. Is this the Morrison government's fault? Well, I can only look back at history and in 2007, uh, when John Howard was uh, facing the polls, the Reserve Bank of Australia then hiked interest rates just short of polling day in the middle of the election campaign. And while there are many reasons why people vote, Labor, Liberal, whatever they vote, uh, I think this is going to just come home to roost in the sense that these cost of living pressures are really acute. And for those people who have a big mortgage, as we were just discussing, that extra 100 couple of hundred and soon to be, as you alluded to, sort of $500 a month potentially for big mortgages is going to be a real painful issue. It, it, it will be featuring in the campaigning over the final two and a half weeks. So who do you think it could hurt more? Yeah, look, I think the proof is in the pudding in terms of the pain people are feeling now already prior to the rate hike. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Big issue on that inflation number last week really sheeted home to a lot of people that there, that there is a cost of living concern. As you mentioned, real wages are falling. They're going backwards. And here's another thing, just to make people a little bit annoyed. And when things like this happen, even though it's not completely the fault of the government, they blame the government. And that's the critical thing. OK, thanks so much for your expertise, Stephen Kakoulis. Thank you. The housing issue is front and centre in the election campaign. Labor has announced a new help-to-buy scheme. If it wins government, the plan would help around 10,000 low- and middle-income earners to buy a home and it wouldn't be restricted to first-home buyers. Under the national strategy, the government would own up to 40% of the house or unit. The Coalition says it's helping Australians with the Home Guarantee Scheme, which is being expanded from 10,000 to 35,000 places per year. Both plans avoid the need for expensive lenders mortgage insurance. The Greens say if they hold the balance of power, housing affordability will be one of their key demands for a minority government. It can be a tough to buy a home. A new report shows the areas you should be searching. Terry Ryder from research firm Hotspotting joins me now from Queensland. Terry, you teamed up with CanStar to rank Australia's most affordable locations. Tell us what you found. We found that uh, contrary to a lot of what we see in media about the issue of affordability for first-time buyers, it is entirely possible. Uh, we set out to create a report that was actually helpful to first-time buyers. I think a lot of the information that's put into media on this subject sets out to alarm people and arrive at the conclusion that it's almost hopeless for first-time buyers that you know, you're going to have to save for 10 or 15 years to get a 20% deposit to buy the medium-priced house, but those sorts is unrealistic. So we set out to produce a report that was based on realistic uh, guidelines for first-home buyers, targeting the bottom 25% of the market price-wise, partnering up and saving a 10% deposit, not 20%, because you don't need 20% to get into the market and get a housing loan um, without even considering the, the 5% uh, deposit scheme that the federal government currently has and which federal labour says they will also implement if they get into government. Well, this all sounds very promising. So from your research, regional areas are at the top of the list. So does this mean that you know, first home buyers really need to get out of the cities? Not entirely, no, because um, number three ranked in the country in terms of most affordable places in the nation is actually uh, the city of Perth, one of our capital cities, and Brisbane is actually number eight. Um, what we found with our research, we divided the country into uh, 14 market jurisdictions. There are eight capital cities and six major state regional markets. Now, eight of the 14 um, young young couples, both earning, saving a 10% deposit, aiming at that bottom 25% of the market. They can get that deposit together in eight of the 14 jurisdictions in about two and a half years or less. 
And of course, if you use the federal government scheme five percent, you can do it in half that time. So it's entirely possible in many of the, the markets around the country, including some of our capital cities like uh, Perth and Brisbane. Yeah, that surprises me. Uh, now, the major parties are promising to do more to tackle housing affordability. How do you think this crisis can be fixed from a government level? Look, the, the federal government scheme and the federal opposition scheme help first-home buyers um, get a loan to buy a home. They make it easier to get finance to get into the housing market, but they don't do anything to address the actual cost of housing. And this is the thing that politicians at all levels, local, state and federal, are very reluctant to address because they know that they, the politicians, are the problem. But the real nub of the affordability issue is how much it costs to create a new housing land package. The cost of new housing in Australia is ridiculously high. It doesn't need to be that high, but all three levels of government use the housing market as a cash cow. They all tax it to death. New taxes, fees, charges, levies, levied at all three levels of government comprise about half the cost of a housing land package in this country. That's the solution to the housing affordability problem in Australia. Stop taxing the housing market, treating it as a cash cow, and then housing, new housing can become affordable to a lot more people. And so if they did that, it obviously cost them more, but how much a difference would it make compared to the policies they're putting up now? Well, the policies they're putting up now merely make it a little bit easier to get a loan to get into the market, but don't address the actual cost. It's still prohibitively expensive to get into a house on land in our biggest cities in particular. It's a little bit easier if you're targeting the, the bottom 25% of the market in cities like Adelaide and Brisbane and Perth, and much easier again still in regional Australia, but it, it doesn't really address the price of housing. Those schemes merely make it easier to get a loan to buy typical housing. And at times, can it even drive up demand and make it less affordable? Well, there's a strong argument that those sorts of schemes actually encourage first-time buyers to get into the market and it increases demand. And when you get increased demand in the housing market, prices tend to rise. So there is a strong argument that these schemes will actually push up the price of housing, thereby exacerbating the problem. OK, well, thanks so much for your insights. We really appreciate that tonight with some positive news for first-time buyers. You're welcome. That is the latest on housing affordability. Thanks so much for your company. I'm Angela Cox. Bye for now.